You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September. It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And boy, do we have a special person sitting across from us. What's up, Zach Harris? What's up, guys? We got two Zachs. It's going to be confusing hey, for our hey, listeners. Zach A and Zach 1, like always. Zach, Zach A and Zach 1. Yeah. Um, man, this is exciting. We got the two Zachs. We got me, Landon. Gabe, unfortunately, got one of those, like, 6 p.m. work calls that we all just love to get. On podcast night. He was excited. Yo. He was super <laughs> excited. <laughs> he, was, he was pumped. He was, yeah. he was. His blood was flowing. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels weird because I wasn't on the podcast last week. I think that's the second time I've missed a podcast. Yeah. I think the first time I had to me- leave during the podcast. No, you also missed the one where we drank all of Gabe's. Uh, that was the one where I had to leave during, I think. I was like on for ten minutes, and I had to. I had an emergency. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first one I had to miss one hundred percent because I was sick, which you guys will be able to tell later when you hear the interview because I recorded it when I was sick. But how did it feel? It feels weird having not been on a podcast yeah. and going back and listening to you and Gabe talk and not being there. How did you like? It? I had FOMO. Yeah, I feel like I missed out. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we really did. Was I missed, or was it like, oh, we could do this without Landon? Bit of both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, it was good. Uh, yeah, you know, you you were missed, um, but no, we had a good time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a good podcast. It was weird doing it in my uh, my. Yeah, multiple things changed. You did it at your house. It's like a change of location. Exactly. It's so like playing an away game. Honestly, yeah. yeah we were like, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> However, though, I'll say I had a lot of cool things to look at in that room that we were in, so that was exciting. Nice. Yeah, like at baseball cards, baseballs, toys, you know. Nice. Bourbons, whiskeys. Well, today we are going to bring you guys one of our Trout Fest interviews. So we were at Trout Fest a couple weeks ago. We yep. interviewed a bunch of people while we were there. The last half of this show is going to be an interview with Jesse from Land of Enchantment Guides. Yeah, so we've both been with uh, his guide, like on his guide service before. Yes, Jesse is like one of the most stand-up guides I know and like coolest people, and we see him every year at Trout Fest. Yep. We've been in New Mexico and we fished with him. So we talked with him on the podcast, so that'll be coming later. But first, Zach, one, mm-hmm. would you like to announce what we've been working on? I don't know if I've got the, the enthusiasm to announce something like that. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. So... <laughs> October 21st. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your Argentina trip. <laughs> that's that's still, uh, still in the works. Oh, oh. TBD. Still in TBD. the works. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got y'all's Oh, was tickets. I not supposed to make I that announcement yet? I haven't got y'all's you don't have You don't have that locked in? in? No, no. Oh, okay. Okay, no, sorry. I still got to get permission. Okay, get so what's happening on October 21st? October 21st, we've got a very special announcement. We've got an Ironfly in the works. Yep. So we have been talking about this and teasing it on the podcast <laughs> for, for a couple of years for like two years 
realistically, they've been talking about it, but it was not ever going to happen until I came into <laughs> the picture. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you just need that guy who's going to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And Zach 1 is going to make that happen. That's why you're Zach 1 and you're just Zach A. Exactly. A and 1 are equal. When numbers. You them numbers. <laughs> you pointing a knife at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He was like pointing a knife at you. He's Dang. like, I'm number one. <laughs> Dang. I mean, technically, there's only 26 letters. There's a whole bunch of numbers. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure numbers came before. Numbers are universal. Letters aren't. That's true. I don't think Russians have A's in their alphabet. Yeah, I could so. go to Argentina and show them some numbers and they'd understand. <laughs> but I don't know if I could show them an A, what would happen? It might be like, that looks like an A. So. October twenty when you open your mouth around. This <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> so October twenty first, we're putting on an iron fly. An iron fly. What is an iron fly? Where you tie flies. But what specifically? Like fishing flies. It's like chopped. Like chopped. Like it's like uh, iron. It's iron, iron chef. chef. Yeah. So they give you a bunch of materials. There's just a, a bunch of random materials. Some may be fly tying materials. Some may be. Last year's Halloween mask, and you tie a fly with it, and it's yeah. a contest. Wait, wait, so is that why you guys call it the Iron Fly? Is because it's like, like Iron, Iron Chef. Chef? Yes. Oh well, in case you guys aren't Food Network aficionados, uh, Chopped would actually be more relatable now. <coughs> so, well, I couldn't. To be I honest, I know. learned the Iron part of Iron Fly from Landon like three days ago. Mm. I didn't know that either. I yeah. thought it was just supposed to be like Iron, like like hooks are made cool of fly. Iron. Oh, yeah. Hooks are made of iron. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yip-dee-doo. <laughs> okay. It's going to be cool, though. It's going to be cool. So it's going to be October. So this is a long way to tell you. Landon w- has Hank Patterson scheduled for that. <laughs> no, yeah. don't be. Th- not yet. <laughs> don't make promises we can't deliver on Zach. Yeah, one. I can tell you the same thing, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> So, October 21st, Faust Street Brewing in New Braunfels, Texas. Yeah. We're having an iron fly competition. It's going to cost $30 to enter. Mm -hmm. You'll get a hat out of it. The winner will get a grand prize of something, a trophy, or we have some cool ideas in the works. And we'll have sign-ups coming soon. There will be other prizes and raffles. There will be prizes and raffles and and silent auctions and live music and a lot of beer. We're basically throwing a party and tying flies while we're there. And we're doing this to raise money for real recovery. Because if you live under a rock, real recovery is the group that we all volunteer with that takes men with cancer on free fly fishing retreats. So... This is to raise money for them so they can pay for a retreat. Our goal is to get one retreat paid for off of this event. And so take your calendar out, October 21st. You'll hear a lot more about it as things progress. We're going to be releasing stuff on Instagram. You guys can follow us on Instagram at Honey Hole Angling. And we'll just be releasing more information. But go ahead and put that on your calendar. Don't cool. pencil it in. The permanent cool. marker it in. <laughs> the coolest thing to remember is it can you can be an advanced, experienced fly tire, or you can – have never tied a fly in your life. This is not a serious fly tying contest. It, it's it's more, a party. It's more of a joke than anything. Yes. Whoever can come up with the craziest fly, as long as you know how to wrap thread on a hook, you're golden. Yeah. And hey, as long as you actually know if you have enough glue, you don't even need thread. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a guy at Trout Fest tying flies with hot glue. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Was that at the real recovery booth? Yeah. He yeah. does threadless flies. Yeah, yeah, but he uses like plastic and he melts it. I thought that was yeah. hot glue. See. That's no. Yeah. Yeah. He melts the plastic with a soldering iron and then. 
He like just like places it on. But does flies look good, dude? Well, are, they if do. they're made of cool. plastic, are they flies or are they lures? Should we start that conversation? Um, they look like a fly. Uh, the Bass Pro sells cicada lures. They look like a fly. They look like a cicada. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little baby duck fly. No, they were cool. They were really cool. They are neat. Definitely He's a nice innovative guy too. too. Oh, I've yeah. never seen that before. No, not at all. So. Tonight, we are tasting Penelope. Are we? Mm-hmm. It's just weird that it's like a person's name, you know? Uh, but we are drinking uh, a bourbon called Penelope. It is toasted. <coughs> it is the barrel strength. Um, it is, let's see, the char level is three. The toast is heavy. And the proof is 110. This is the toasted series. And... What do you guys think? You guys enjoy it? Super spicy. Like it stays on your tongue. Like you, a, like I, I liked it like a lot. Big red gum. Yeah, I uh, I like it a lot as well. See, I don't think it's a sp- I don't think it's spicy necessarily, but you definitely get that charred flavor. The only time I've had this much char or this much like I guess they're calling it toast, but it is it is like um like almost like a it's a burnt but not like in a bad way. Um, the Oak and Eden. They're the ones that take the spiral and, like, the little wooden thing, and they put the little piece of wood in the bourbon because that way it finishes with that. Um, they make a toasted one, and that is similar to this. Not as well done. This is – I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, but it has that same kind of profile where, like, on the back end, you get more of that char, more of that toastedness, toasted flavor. So when you smell it, what do you guys get? What do you get, Zach? I already drank mine. When I, when I smell it? Yeah, what do you get? Give me a sec. Oh, you're... <laughs> 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 he's, he's doing the little uh, Captain Jack. No. One more time? Yep. Hear that? Yeah, exactly. Give me a little pour. That way I can retaste it. Just a little. That's perfect. Thank I'll, you. I'll take some, too. I don't know. It, uh, oops, that's more than I wanted. I'm not a whiskey guy or a bourbon or I like it. I drink it, but I'm not smart enough to tell you what it smells like. Yeah, it smells like, like it smells like bourbon to me. Mm. It smells good though. I'm with Zach Actually, one on this one. It smells, smells good. It smells nice, doesn't it? it smells really sweet. Mm-hmm. It does. Almost like caramel apple. Yeah, like brown sugar. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a caramel apple. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of caramel apples you've been eating. No, like put it on your tongue and just like let it sit there and let your brain. Right. See. Wow. When yeah. you actually like let your brain like process yeah. it for a minute. Yep. And then, then when you <laughs> you finish it, you drink it. <laughs> then you're left with that like toasted that that not it's not smoky because it's not like a scotch, but it is, it is like a charred flavor almost, almost like we had a burnt end on a okay. brisket. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. It tastes like caramel apple, man. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Yeah, it's nice. I uh, I'm enjoying this. I have no clue how much the bottle cost, but if I found it, I would probably. I would probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. It was under 70 bucks. Mm. I guess I can look <coughs> it up. I have a whiskey-related article for you guys. Ooh, yeah, is the one. Yeah, read it, read it. What button should we push for this? Not so neat things in nature? On patrol. <coughs> Jack Daniels barrel houses are causing an out-of-control black whiskey fungus in a Tennessee community. Enraged residents say, 
if there's a Last of Us moment coming soon, we know where it started. Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels. Now, okay, do you think this is because of the amount they produce, or do you think, because, um, like, other, I have never heard of this happening in other places. I don't know. So, basically, what's going on, just so you guys understand, residents in Lincoln County are dealing with, basically, black fungus covering their homes and cars, um, and the, call it whiskey fungus, feeds on the ethanol vapor from the Jack Daniels barrel houses. And so the locals are mad, filing lawsuits, this, that, and the other. Because if you guys look at these pictures, it's crazy. It's like, it is like a black tar almost that's on everything. On everything. Um, And so the community is mad because they don't want this stuff growing on their cars, growing on their house, having to wash everything. One guy was saying in here he's having to spend $10,000 a year washing his house just to keep the stuff from growing on it. And, you know, it's in the air. And who knows what, like, black fungus can do to your body. There's In, in this article, there's a guy who's like, my neighbor got cancer. I mean, could it have been from this? Yes, was it? Definitely. We don't know. But the community is, like, obviously raising health concerns about it. Um you know, uh, one guy in here says his wife has breathing problems, and with this in the air, you really don't want to be breathing it in, and you don't know if this is what's making you sick. So the city, uh, or the residents of the city, they are demanding an air filtration system to be put in by Jack Daniels and an environmental impact study to be done. If you said this already, I missed it, but how long has this been going on? Um, the article doesn't say, but the vibe I get from the way the article is written is it's been going on for a while. Okay. Maybe, like, a couple of years. And it seems, it reads like exhaustion of, like, reporting to environmental agencies and, like, the government and nothing's happening. So now it's kind of one of those things where everyone's pissed off filing lawsuits and now the media is picking it up because there's all these... Big dollar lawsuits being filed. I feel like the residents wanting air filters is justifiable. I mean, I don't know why Jack Daniels would even, even. I mean, I'm not speaking for Jack Daniels or anything, but I don't know why they would even turn their nose up on that. I feel like that's a pretty good, okay, we'll do that. I, I think they can afford it. You know what I mean? What, yeah, what's I interesting, too, is the city on this, like the black molds covering street signs, where like you can't even read them anymore. Right, yeah. In the city, instead of cleaning the signs, it's cheaper to replace the signs. So when they get oh un- <laughs> not readable anymore, the city just comes in and replaces the sign. That's pretty crazy. Wow. I know. Yeah, I don't know. You would think, but I mean, like I know, like doing the Jack Daniels tour, I know a lot of their big thing is like being open air and like letting things just kind of breathe naturally and everything. But I mean, at the same point, like if it is affecting that many people, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what the actual environmental impact. Um, it's been going on, late on at least since 2019 because there's another story from October 30th of 2019 talking about the same thing. Okay. So, how long has that factory been there? Do we know that? Uh, 1800s. That one particular. So, so ja- every ounce of Jack is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Right. So that's been okay. I shows how dumb I am. No, I mean um, I'm. My family's from like two hours away from there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So um, this is different. So when if. Surely this hasn't been going on since they started. Oh. Something's changed. Researchers identified the fungus in 2007 and found 
the angel's share of distilled spirits was responsible for it. So right, because they see this, because all the other article was talking about how in Kentucky, especially around like where these distilleries are popping up, that's where they're seeing a lot of this happening. And Granite Jack makes more whiskey or, you know, um, than just about any other place in the nation. So, of course, they're going to have the most of it. But now that we're seeing like all these like micro distilleries pop up, especially all in Kentucky, that's still a lot of bourbon that's being made mm-hmm. in that one area. S- sounds like they're about to lose that certain line of uh, whiskey. Angels, Angels, what you said? No, so Angels, sh- so there is a, there is a whiskey called Angels Envy, but it's a pun off of the idea of what they call the Angel Share. So whenever you put whiskey in a barrel, uh, over okay. time it seeps out through evaporation. I see. And what's evaporating is the ethanol. Uh, because it is, I'm probably going to screw this up, but I, it is less dense than water. So the ethanol right. evaporates first, and so that is what this black fungus is eating, is the sugars from the ethanol in the air. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Which is crazy. Yes. This is crazy. When I saw the photos, it just, like, blew my mind how bad it is. Yeah, it looks like a coal town, like a coal mine town. You yes. know, with how dark everything is. Yep. You guys been fishing lately? No, not since December. Not since December. Well, hang on. I went the other day, but I was only out for like an hour chasing bluegills. Was it fun? I didn't catch any bluegills. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't tell me about it. Intentionally not do that. It was pretty irritating. I'm not going to lie because they're just right there. They're just right there looking right at me. Was it your flies? Do you need to get better at tying flies? Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, you, throw, he, you tie flies are the same size as bluegills. That's I true. I kind of maybe well, they it's maybe I they snag them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> your flies aren't even flies at all, right? They're just thread wrapped around a bluegill. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just super glue EP fiber to a bluegill <laughs> <laughs> just to make it look like a fly. And then tie a trailer hook off the tail, right? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. then jam deer uh, hair fibers into the sides of it. Yeah. Right. And if I want it weighted, I just put egg sinkers down. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like those cheaters did in that tournament. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's how I can do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, no bluegill, though. It's I guess it's still too early. I don't know. It's kind of cold. No. I'm hoping this week and next week of the 70-degree weather will actually, like, kind of kickstart the bass and the bluegill. Because I'm ready for bass season. Yeah, mm. trout. I'm sick of trout. I went. I caught two this year, and I'm over it. I caught, like, double-digit trout this year for the first year ever. Wow. And, um, <coughs> but now I'm ready for bass and bluegill. Yeah, well, bass. Now that Trout Fest is over, you're, like, Honestly, moved on. Trout Fest hits, and then it's, like, spring break, and it's warming up. And to be honest, the thought of putting on waders to go stand in 80-degree weather sucks. And so I'm just going. Good wet wade. Yeah, you could, but I'd rather go wet way for bass. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're more fun. Well, I don't want to say that. I love catching trout. I do. But I'm just so excited when this time of year rolls around that I'm excited for bass. So now is the time of year, and Gabe, we were going to talk to Gabe about this, our, to do our challenge. Our trifecta. Our trifecta. The so Texas? We, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. We don't know what we're going to call it. So hear this out. Me, Zach, right. and Gabe. All right. You can come if you want. You can come if you want. You're no, invited. I wasn't invited first. I don't want to be invited at all. Go on. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. All right. First cut. <laughs> first cut. Yeah. <laughs> so we can invite you this year. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Landon. Your turn. It's redfish. Yeah. 
Guadalupe Bass mm-hmm. and Rainbow Trout. Yep. And the, the three of us catching them in the shortest amount of time possible. What if you all did it in the same day? We are. We are. No, here so here's the thing. <laughs> I missed that part. Going, I just heard the shortest. We're, we're all going to be going with each other. We're all going to oh. be with each other. Oh. And each of us is going to do one species, and then we're going to film the whole thing and see how long it takes. So, like, my idea is, like, Zach does the bass. He's the best bass so, so fisherman out of the group. Species, one more time. Guadalupe bass, yep. rainbow trout, yep. and redfish. You could do that all in one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, we're just going to figure out a game plan. <laughs> Do you think you start with the trout? Definitely. Start yeah. with the trout. Then bass. Then go to the bass. And then go to the coast. And fish the redfish the whole rest of the day. And then get the redfish. You, you and then have. the rest of us, once we get the redfish, then we throw a party and we just all redfish for the rest of the day. Yeah. Or you should have a flat skiff lined up like at that's the ramp the, ready to go. Oh, that's and we the like plan. Run yeah. from the car, hop in, and be like, go, go, go. That's pretty sick. That's the plan. Dude, it's got to be a new slam. Oh yeah, guad trout and a redfish. It's gotta on one be. Day. You gotta have a cool name, and it could be a new Texas slam that people can go after. Like the Safari Slam. Uh, mm. Is there something called a Safari Slam, or is that what you want to call it? <laughs> but we're not on a Safari. I mean, in a way. But I guess I'm kind of going off like the the Texas Safari. Oh. Where you have to like paddle from here all the way to the coast. Oh, the oh. Texas Water Safari. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. We're, I mean, we're accepting name submissions. Name submissions. But we need to do this pretty quick because, like, now is the time to do that. Like, honestly, we should do it on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down. You know, another thing. Oh, I can't. I'm drawing a logo on Sunday. <laughs> do it on Saturday. Yeah, the logo is due on, <laughs> on Sunday. Sunday. Got it. So that means you can't start it on you Sunday? You can do it in the car while we're driving to the coast. Actually, you know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think our game plan, Gabe has been killing trout this year, like, just your own thing is absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're gonna put Gabe on the rainbow trout, then we'll put Zach on the bass to catch a Guadalupe bass, and then I'll catch the redfish. You guys have a boat lined up for the redfish? Not yet, you but I was to hoping to talk to Gabe about it, but he had to work. He had to to get <laughs> yeah. a date lined out. You want to borrow my paddleboard? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, we'll never catch a redfish no. if I borrow your paddleboard. <laughs> no, we'll spend more time swimming. More. Yeah, really. I'll be cold <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, though. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I think we can do it. I think you can. That yeah. doesn't, that's not too far off. Nah. And the redfish is going to be the hardest one. Just finding them. Once you find them, that's a piece of cake. Yeah. It's like catching bluegill. Sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> I, <said that>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch any bluegill. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know what it's like. He's like, I don't know what it's like. I assume it's like not catching bluegill because I don't catch redfish. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, I man. think you guys can do it. Yeah. What, what about uh, get with the flight trap? Doesn't he know some guys with the boats? Fowler? I, I know some guys with boats. Okay. We can get it lined out. We just got to get all three of us. It's hard enough to get all three of us. Like, Tuesday's the day. We keep <laughs> that day open. But then other than that, there's so much. Zach being a teacher, me with my job, Gabe with his stuff. It's so hard to get us all lined up on the same day other right. than that. Because a lot of times, me and Zach will go fishing. But Gabe has to do something else, or Gabe and Zach will go fishing, and I'm out because I got something going on. So we kind of got to like right. sit down and get it dialed out. The thing is, I always fish, so whether it's with Landon or with Gabe, or with Landon and Gabe, but Zach's always fishing. <laughs> so especially in the summer, every especially day. <laughs> in the summer, man. Yeah, dude. Last summer I did so much fishing; it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays, Wednesdays, doesn't matter. Just whenever you're on summer vacation, doesn't matter. Great. 
I have found a little honey hole in the drought. It's perfect. Don't so, tell anybody where it's at. I don't. Yeah, don't. No. Everybody I don't even know. There. Honestly, you don't. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> no, I don't tell people. I have to bring you. And every time we hey, were going to go, it never worked out. That's what that's what I tell people. I won't tell you where it is. I'll show you. I'll you take can come you. with me. I'll take you. But blindfolded and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to kill you when we're done fishing. Yeah. So. I never say that. <laughs> never oh. say that. That's up to them. That's their... That's, I don't know what I meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> like euthanasia? Like what? what? <laughs> it's their decision. I don't know. What, I don't know what I meant by that. That whiskey. Where are you gonna go? Not to linger on the subject. Where are you gonna go to catch a Guadalupe bass, though? That's up to Zach. If if you if it's cold, <laughs> I'll probably take him to my honey hole. Oh. You guys will experience it then. It's actually, and it's not too far from the. We we'll probably have to pick a warmer day too. Well, Sunday's going to be like 70-something. It's a good day. Get the trout early, like yep. real early in the morning. Hit the quad. That can get not. I feel like most confident about the trout of the three. I do too, honestly. This time of year, like. See, I would feel that's like my least confident fish right now. I've only caught two um, this year. I went like four or five times. I dude, Gabe's been getting double digits every time he goes. Yeah, With the like, Euro nymphing, I feel like he just picks fish out of holes and then yeah. Yeah, and like, we can same call thing, it a day. Every time I've been, I've been. Close to nine or ten fish every time I've been. Really? Yeah. It's just this year has just been on for me. Granted, I haven't fished yet in a few weeks, so it changes as the year progresses. But yeah. So yeah, I think we could do it. Trout first, then bass, then the redfish. It'd be a good video no matter what. Oh yeah, I think so. Even if you're not successful. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But we are running out of time to do it if we're going to do it this year. We need to do it this year. I don't know. You probably I've fished for trout all the way through March, depending on the weather, right? If it doesn't get too warm. Yeah. Oh, I think I've even fished for them in April. Yeah, you probably could, especially if it's a cooler day. Yeah. You been doing any fly tying? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I might have, you know, tried my hand at recording videos. Oh. Is that a little teaser coming soon too? Maybe. I'm just trying to get all the smoke and mirrors figured out and get it done and make it look. Cool. Yeah. Make yeah. it look like I know what I'm doing. But how do you keep the bluegill's eyes from glazing over? I what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you talking Because you tie bluegill <laughs> to hooks, dude. Uh, no, you freeze them. <laughs> <laughs> you freeze them first. Uh, I thought you were, I was hoping you'd poke out the eyes. No, no. Glass no. eyes, man. I, need, <laughs> I, want, I want the scent. The scent brings in the fish. <laughs> Glass eyes. Actually, I use uh, what is it, uh, fish call living eyes. Mm. Super glue those bad boys on me. Mm. <laughs> Over the original eye. That <laughs> <way to sink laughs> <in>. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that that one? Uh, what was it? It was a fish restaurant <laughs> that was putting googly eyes over the fish whenever they glazed over to to fake that they were still healthy no. <laughs> or that they were like freshly caught. No, I never no. saw that. Oh, but man. you guys see that restaurant where you can catch a fish out of the pond in the middle of the restaurant and they I will cook it that. for you. At the restaurant. Uh, and if you don't catch, you don't eat? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And depending on the fish you catch, it changes the price. Like, they have some very rare fish in there. And if you catch it, your price of your meal goes up by, like, three times. I think I'm just going to keep filet fish from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't catch it. Also, I have another good video idea. Three days on pens, we only eat what we catch. So we don't catch, we don't eat. 
three days. What and does it have to be a fish? There's a lot of crabs running around out there. I say we could forage. Yeah, rattlesnakes. I wouldn't. I mean, you could. They're all over the dunes. Yeah. From what I hear, I've never seen them. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. No tent. No bug spray. <laughs> That's it. No tent, no bug spray. No yeah. tent, no bug spray. I'm not trying to play Survivor. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> no, just just the food part. Oh, okay. Yeah, just the food part. Yeah, see, there's <laughs> a shop. A shop did this. So the funny thing is, <laughs> I thought the googly eye was the real eye <laughs> when see? I first looked. Exactly. So it's not as goofy as as, as an idea as you thought. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, they put the googly eye over the dead fish eye. Yeah. That way you would be like, oh, that's a healthy fish, <laughs> not just a googly eye fish. Oh, tech lost. <gasps> Was it bad? 63 to 67. That's not bad. No. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. So are we in the tournament or are we out? I guess it depends on how we do in the Big 12 tourney. Yeah. I don't know. We basically need to win the Big 12 tourney. Our strength of conference helps, but our strength of schedule. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't follow sports at all. So what do you do other than fishing so, sports? So what do you do? Like if uh, so sports or nothing, Zach? Honey Hole Angling Podcast episode like 101 explains all of that. If you'd like to refer to that, oh. <laughs> you can go listen. <laughs> I play video games, man. I'm a nerd. Okay. Mm. I think we all play video games. Yeah. yeah. I, know. I play like Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Ranked three in the world, I heard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Dude, that's hard to get ranked like that high. Super Smash yeah. Bros. Especially because the what are you ranked? servers suck. I don't know. I haven't played in a long time. I've been playing. Uh, I guarantee you'd beat me. I'm getting. I don't know if anybody out there plays fighting games, but Street Fighter Six is coming out soon. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. There's yeah. like three uh, f- fighting games coming out this year. Are you sure? Yeah, Street Fighter. There's a new. Oh, then there's that. I think there's a new Tekken, right? There's a new, new Tekken, Tekken coming out. out. Yep, and uh, <laughs> there's one more. They just announced at the State of Play the other day. So. I can't remember that. Probably oh, I think it's Injustice Three. Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard. I don't. I don't pay attention to those. Street Fighter, Super Smash Bros. You know, there might be a new. I don't know. Lately, I haven't been playing that much. I've been. I've been secretly tying flies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to get ready for that. You know, never mind. <laughs> for that iron fly that you can't compete. Yeah, in? for the iron. That you fly. can't compete. <laughs> <in exactly. laughs> no, I got to be a judge. If I if I'm gonna be a judge, I got to know what I'm doing. That's I, true. I'm not gonna be a judge. No, you're not. Hank Patterson's the judge. No, you're going to be the MC. Me? Yeah. Are you sure? Have you heard me the past 31 minutes? I'm not exactly the best at this. We'll put you in in the trout costume. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, the trout costume. How personalities come out. And the tattoo. Oh. Live tattoo. Oh, yeah. That's right. Live tattoo. Oh, Landon has a contest for the tattoos, by the way. No, I don't. Yeah. The person (laughs) with the ugliest fly spins the wheel. And then whatever tattoo it lands on, Landon has to get. Yeah. Right I did not agree to that. Exactly. Yeah, you did. We talked about it earlier. Yep. Oh, y'all talked about it earlier. <laughs> That's why I went to the restroom. <laughs> it's a two-to-one vote. <laughs> Gabe would be down for it, too. He's just not here. My favorite tattoo option is, like, the Indiana Jones bridge that goes from nipple to nipple. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, from nipple to <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a tiny Indiana Jones <laughs> right <laughs> <on> your chest. <laughs> just <hack it> away <laughs> at the bridge between the nipples. <laughs> Has this a tattoo you've seen? No, but it'd be great. <laughs> oh, you came up with it. <laughs> just now. 
My favorite tattoo idea is the waistline marsh uh-huh. with redfish tails. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it coming out? Yeah, coming out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have a favorite tattoo. I'm boring. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to say what they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, you know, a little R-rated for this, I think. <laughs> you got kid listeners. I don't know. I'm not say it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, you all ready to move over to the interview with Jesse? I think everybody's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably said too much. <laughs> so, a couple things. October 21st, Ironfly. Honey Hole Hates Trash Round 2 is currently live. The link is in the description of this podcast. Go pick up some trash. Be entered into a raffle to win free gear from Tough Fly. It's yep. a fly tying kit. Blue light fly tying kit. Hey, if you enter and I bet you win the episode, the next episode you're on. Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. I missed. I missed. <laughs> it just worked out last time that like we had only like eight or nine people enter. And one of them was on our was our guest. The episode we called the winner out. Okay. And John won. And wait, what? What's the prize again? Uh, uh, no. Round one was Loon Gear. Round two is Tough Fly, which is Kevin's like uh, blue light UV. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got like these uh, kits with like all the UV and blue light and everything I'm like that. Email the entry information to my whole family. Like everybody, go everybody. pick up. They trash. have to pick up trash and submit a photo. So as long as they're picking up trash, they can enter. And actually, if they're picking up trash, I don't really care. Twenty twenty three, Photoshop's pretty damn good <laughs> nowadays. I wouldn't tell our listeners that. Come well, on, man. Oh man, Photoshop sucks. <laughs> don't use it. It's <laughs> obvious. Google stock <laughs> images. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We hope you all enjoy the interview with Jesse of Land of Enchantment Guides. All right, guys, we are here at Trout Fest, Texas. We're sitting down with my good buddy Jesse with Land of Enchantment Guides. We're, it's, it's weird because we had it, should have had you guys on a long time ago, but we haven't seen you in a couple of years because of COVID. Right. So I know I remember when you first started, you're like, we got to get you down. Yeah. But we like to do it in person. Yeah. <laughs> so either the thought was we would come up and visit y'all and do some recordings or. Right. You know, when you guys came down, but then something got COVID, away. COVID <laughs> happened and we haven't been able to record. So welcome to the show, Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're happy to be back. So why isn't Noah here? Let's just call out Noah yep. straight up to <laughs> right, begin. Right. Well, we got double booked. We had, there's a New Mexico trout conclave in Albuquerque, so he's one of the keynote speakers. So okay. he you know, he's we were talking to him this morning, you know, he's on his way down and uh Ready to speak to, I think, 400 people in a big auditorium. So, oh, wow. Yeah, he was like, oh, I thought it was just a little tent with a few people. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this is the same weekend as the Denver Fly Fishing Show, too. Yeah. So I it's think, like, how are all these events on the same weekend? Right. It's that holiday weekend. You know, you yeah. get the three-day weekend. And That's it's, true. It's I forget it's a holiday weekend. weekend. Do you yeah. get the day off on Monday? It's a uh, staff development day. So kids have it off, but I have to work. Gotcha. Oh, right. I have to work. Yeah. So. Yep. But I took the day off. So, <laughs> yeah. Still get your three-day weekend. Yeah. 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 So, all right, Jesse. So where is Land of Enchantment Guides located? Land of Enchantment Guides is located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and that's where our home base is. And, you know, we're blessed to have a lot of, you know, beautiful areas, beautiful water near us. And we really spend a lot of time in the, really the entire northern part of the state as well as southern Colorado. But Santa Fe is the home base 
for Land of Enchantment guides, and now the uh, the Outpost, which is our new brick-and-mortar fly shop uh, partnered with a hotel there. So it's kind of a neat transition for us uh, actually having a brick-and-mortar than just being a, you know. A, a, just a guide service. Just a guide service, yeah. 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 Uh, so well, what's the name of the hotel that you guys are attached to? It's, the, it's Bishop's Lodge. Okay. So Bishop's Lodge is an old historic hotel. That had always been there. Someone, you know, decided to remodel it, and then they made us an offer and said, "Hey, well, you know, this is you know an activity we want to push. They have stables there, so they want to do horseback riding and fly fishing." And oh, that's awesome! Kind of built us, you know, a really beautiful, you know, area right on a pond with this stream and waterfall coming down. Yeah. Wait, are there fish in there? Can you just like go out from yeah. the outpost and catch fish? Exactly. So like, through the oh, ho- I'm gonna try a rod out. Let me go catch a fish on it and see how exactly. I like it. Exactly. So through the hotel, we do you know casting clinics uh on wednesdays and on saturdays so we'll definitely tie flies on and you're getting fish coming up and hitting the dry flies or (laughs) someone who's a little bit more advanced will put a little streamer or something and there's been some bass bluegill and a few brown trout and some rainbow trout so it's kind of a neat deal that's That's awesome yeah that's so cool it's really cool how long has the outpost been open now we you know we we launched last year i think it was april 1st or so and so that's when we kind of had our little grand opening type thing and yeah, so it's kind of a, been a neat, a neat thing, especially for me now having you know a young family. So having some more excuses to be closer to home yeah. is is really nice as I'm transitioning into you know fatherhood. <laughs> That's awesome. So Jesse, I've done a couple trips with you guys, group trips, and I was with Orvis. Yep. And the big thing that you guys do is the Quinlan Ranch, which is in Chama, New Mexico. Yes, sir. That's like, the mo- like one of the most Zach went one year, cities. too, with me, yeah. right? Yep. You went to help me out one yep. year. Or I think it might have been the year when you did back-to-back trips, because I know there was one year when you did two, you know, two in a row. Yes. It might have been one of those. Yeah. Because I think Fowler was one, maybe one week, and then Zach was the other week. I think I so. Know. Maybe, because me and you drove up together. That might have been one of a, a different year. That yeah. was the following year then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the following year then. Yep. That was a good time. Yeah, it was. Oh, man, we missed those, you know. Those yeah. were so much fun, you know, getting to see all your, you know, friends and, and people that you're connected with when you were at Orvis and, you know, bringing your family down. is just kind of a neat thing. And I just love seeing, you know, the familiar faces and kind of seeing those repeat, you know, folks like you guys. And it's just really kind of sometimes the highlight of the summer, you know, really looking forward to those type yeah. of, you know, type of trips for sure. Now, let's talk about the most legendary day of fishing that I think I've ever had was with you and Shane, and it was with Jeff Hedges, oh, man. and it was with Phil, and oh, it was man. with Will Long. Oh, man. <laughs> talk us through that day as, like, a guide. Was uh, that is that, like, an all-time legendary day as a guide? Because I know it's, like, on the client side. Oh, yeah. That day was nuts. Oh, it was insane. I mean, I don't think it really gets any better than that. I think it was just a perfect storm. You know, we I think we decided – I don't know if y'all had ever been to the San Juan before. No, it was my first time fishing the San Juan. Yeah, so I think, you know, and sometimes you're always a little bit hesitant going to the San Juan. You know, how many people are, are there going to be, and what's the fishing going to be like? Because we have so many other places where you're not going to see anyone. Yeah. So this is, you know, one of those legendary world-famous rivers, and it was just the perfect storm. I think the water had just come up two days prior to that. I think it was about 900 CFS, so there was, you know, a lot of water moving through there. But having some mobile anglers like you guys, it was able to put us in that position where we found ourselves, uh, you know, I don't think we even ate lunch that day. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were waiting or floating? We were waiting. Yeah. Yeah, it was phenomenal. You know, we had, I think it was a group of six of us because we had, you know, two guides and then the four, you know, four anglers. Yep. And that was, I mean, there was 
triple. I think we had some quadruple hookups. I know for sure there were at least two times where we had triple hookups. That's yep. crazy. And then that's the day I lost the fish of a lifetime as well. Do you remember that? Yeah, that brown. It ran downstream towards that Did rock. you ever see it, like porpoise? I saw, I think I know you hooked it. I know Shane saw it, but, dude, this thing was right. every bit of, I mean, it would have been a 30-pound fish, I think. Oh, it was epic. Really? It, dude, it was, yeah. We all saw it, you know, but it was just insane. I think we had kind of come through the sand hole in the upper flats, and we had crossed over to the main channel. And then all of a sudden just seeing, you know, what looked like every fish in the river feeding. Like, oh, my gosh. What? Yep. This is about to get crazy. And it was just, you know, just the smiles on all of our faces. Yeah, when you're doing triple hookups and everybody's running around, everyone's yeah. hooping and hollering. Oh. And then what we do, like, we, like, kind of did this rotation where you'd, like, you know, like, a guy would hook a fish and then he'd, like, walk it downstream and then the next guy would walk up. They'd hook a fish, and you're just kind of like doing this like rotation. Like, yeah, this it's like, like the merry-go-round, yeah, you know? Yeah. Catch a fish, fight a fish, yeah. play, like, catch a And fish. then these guys were running around like netting fish all the time. And these were like, I mean, like big, yeah. like oh, yeah, they're 20, 20, inch 20, 20 inch plus rainbows, yeah. like every fish. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like 18 to 22 inch fish, and then those kickers, like that monster brown. That monster brown. I just still can't. That thing gives me nightmares. I know. And it gives the guides nightmares too. You're like, oh, what if? What could we have done? It's like, dude, that well, was like nothing. That was <laughs> that was an, yeah. Well, it got into that. The problem was that on we were fishing that edge, and if you kept the fish in the edge, it was fine. But the current was so strong on the other side of that edge, and that fish just ran into that current. There's no way. I think I ran like I don't remember how far I ran downstream. Oh yeah. Before I lost it, but it was a long. I mean, you fought it for at least. What, five minutes it five seemed minutes, like? yeah. You know, like, all right, all right, all right. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's it going kept, into the current. It kept going into that current. <laughs> and I couldn't. And, you know, these are tiny hooks, too. These were like, I mean, this was on like a size 20, yeah. maybe 22 and hook. And the tippet, maybe 5X, you know, maybe like Trout Hunter 5.5 or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, that was an insane day. That's a hard day, like, and that, thinking you, back you as far as like. that. Yeah. And we had such a good group, too, with Will. With Jeff and Phil. Oh, I know. It's just like the perfect group of guys, too. It was and one of those you moments. you and Shane. It was like, one of those moments. Yeah. We've had a few. Last year, In I guess it was in May, we were up there a little bit. And there was one day, a little bit up above where we were, where I think we had six or seven people in there, two guides. And we were getting, you know, a few double, triple hookups. But it really wasn't that day. Yeah. I think it was just, like we said, that perfect storm where the water had just come up. All that food was being kicked in. Yeah. And every freaking fish in the river. Yeah, it was in that spot. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, those those are the days that you're just like, holy cow. So, and you may not want to talk about this, Jesse, but you've taken some, like, semi-famous people or famous people out. Guiding. Right. Who all, who all have you guided that's famous? You know, over the years, you know, Santa Fe would just kind of bring those type of folks in yeah. or folks that maybe have a second home there or are, uh, you know, there for a movie or, you know, whatever they happen to be kind of doing. But we used to guide on val kilmer's ranch on the pecos river oh, a lot that's cool. so he had about seven miles he since has sold most of it off but there's you know that was kind of a neat thing because you would you know guide val or sometimes you would see him at the house you yeah. know having lunch and whoever he had you know maybe friends that were kind of in he'd always kind of give you a call and say hey can you, you know, can you show my you know my friends and family kind of a good time yep and i remember one year i think it was 
Robert Duvall was shooting a movie there and, of course, had that connection with Val. So I think we took Robert Duvall and maybe one of the cameramen. It was, I think, a day off on whatever movie they were shooting. Mm. And, oh, well, you know, we went down to Val's and didn't catch anything. So he told us to come talk to y'all and, <laughs> you know, see if we can get into some yeah, fish. that's awesome. So, you know, some of those, uh, Gene Hackman, you know, has a house in, in Santa Fe. Okay. So he, he, he really enjoys fishing. Mean, he's, a, you know, a great, he and his wife are really nice, sweet, great people. Um, you know, so there's just been some of those folks kind of over the years, some, you know, definitely Santa Fe being an art scene. There's been a lot of artists, you know, Andy Goldsworthy, who does these really amazing installations. He's from the UK, but does these really amazing, uh, rock, you know, kind of formations that he builds. Yeah. So it's just been some yeah. neat, neat folks over the years, you know, and for me, it's, it, it's, it's cool, but you know, it's still another day of working, you know, you treat them like I treat you, you yeah, know, right. and it's like, you just always want to treat everyone the same. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of a good motto in life. <laughs> well, and also once you get out there, too, I imagine, like, everything kind of goes away. Like, everything else, you leave everything behind. And yep. it's like, we're on the water now. We're all fishing. We're all here for the same We're on goal. the same page. We're on the same level. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. that's what's neat, that fly fishing allows you to really live in the moment. You know, so you can, it doesn't really matter who you're with, but you're able to live in that moment. And there's only, a f you know, a few of those things that I think really allow, allow us to do that, to just kind of put everything aside and just say, wow, this is where we are right now and this is awesome yeah <laughs> so um uh, how many guys are you guys running now you know i think we have you know there's usually kind of the core group of about you know five to six kind of full-time guides you know we have two you know a shop manager cody and then noah parker the owner of the business yep. who doubles as kind of the shop manager guide the icon yeah exactly the legend himself yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah i think we have about five to seven you know kind of full-time and then maybe another four or five part-timers that, you know, may have Help another out. job. You know, maybe they're firefighters or professors or, uh, you know, work with children, you know, kind of whatever it may be that we can kind of call on them on those bigger group trips. You know, yep. we get some of those sometimes 20-person trips and we need, you uh -huh. know, 12 guides yeah. or we need, you know, all hands on deck for those type of scenarios. What's your favorite water to fish uh, or to guide on, I guess? You know, that's a hard one. I, I think mainly it's like wherever i am that day now you know i just feel so blessed to be in, a, in an area where there's such a plethora of different types of water beautiful locations and i really enjoy where i am that day you know i, I like the bigger rivers just for you know the challenges okay so, so the rio grande is great so i just bought a new raft trailer last year so nice. that i could kind of do more commercial trips and i like the variety on that river they have northern pike carp browns rainbows you know cut bows and it's uh, smallmouth bass so it's just such uh, a okay. neat body of I water i want to do that we need to go float that yeah man. it's awesome you know? i'd like to go catch some pike and smallmouth oh it's bass. so cool and that's the thing you just have your trout rod going you have your pike rod you know so on the on the raft i just have all the rods going especially yep. a good angler like you you can be like all right landon you know here's you know here's my favorite pike water you know let's kind of back row and, and hang out and you know and really make this count yeah and you get river otters in there, bighorn sheep coming down off the canyon, and it's just a really special, beautiful place. That's you know, awesome. One of many that we have, but that's a neat one that I've, you know, really spent a lot of time, um, you know, over the years fishing there. And that's so separate than, like you said, those big Orvis trips and where we base out of Chama. There's so yeah. many, you know, a lifetime of beautiful locations up there, but the Rio Grande is, you know, an hour from Santa Fe, and it's just a really neat place. Yeah. Are you guys doing a lot on the uh, San Juan? 
We are. You know, we always have but it up our sleeve. But you're kind of far from the San Juan. Yeah, when you're in Santa Fe, you're not going to go up there for the day. Right. But it's like a two and a half. Three and a half from okay. Santa Fe. So and even from Chama, it's it's still a, it's a like hall. an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. So we kind of use it. You know, some folks, you know, because of the notoriety that that river, you know, receives, you'll have people that stay up there and hire us, and we'll go up there for two day packages or three day packages, or we use it in, on the, uh, you know, out of Chama. Maybe you get a rainstorm and you're like, hey, well, we've got the San Juan, you know. Yeah. And then some people that come specifically for it, you know, they're coming from Boston or wherever they are, don't get to come out west that often. They're like, well, yeah, just make sure we do the San Juan one day. Yeah. Yeah. That um, makes sense. And I love floating now the lower river. So what's kind of neat is, you know, there's a lot of folks that get up high, but you can turn it into about a seven-mile float. So you can put in at Texas Hole where everyone else is putting in. And they do a lot of that, you know, back rowing up the river where you can kind of then just fish those same, you know, really holes yeah, great holes. Yeah. But what you can do if you're doing the, the, the float is just get past everyone. Just do one pass down everything, eat lunch almost at the takeout, <coughs> and then you still have another three and a half miles below that where there's you might see one or two other boats. Oh, really? so they're not doing that lower river. Yeah, section. and that's what's, what I really like is just doing that longer float because you can really kind of get away from the crowds yeah. and really just have a, have a great time on a, you know, on a legendary river. Yeah, that's awesome. Zach, you did that trip with me. What do you? What do you? What questions do you have? Man, I I just think back to that trip. That was, I I think you guys are some of the hardest working guys I think I've ever seen. Like, man, we had so much fun, but it's like we hit the ground running. Right. It's like everyone's like, all right, we know we we are doing this. You are going here. I'm going here. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, break. And then like, man, like everybody knows exactly where we're going. We just hop in the right car and. When and I think too, there's always go. a great variety up there. There is like each so day. So you could I do like different. if you wanted to book a trip, you know, you could do like three totally different experiences, and you could like fish the Conejos one day, mm-hmm. then you could fish like the Chama River, right. which is completely different than the Conejos, or you could fish some like private water. Then you could go to the San Juan the next day, and yeah. you have three totally different experiences, or all kind of within. Or even do like those like valley like creeks like where you just like dry fly fishing. Yeah, all was day it like too? Wolf Creek? Yeah, 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 Wolf Creek, the Los Pinos, the, the Navajo. Los Pinos, yeah, just you know the Brazos. And like you said, the variety is just amazing. I mean, someone could come out there, you know, say middle of summer, and you could do fifteen days in a row and see somewhere different. Yeah, and they're yeah. all beautiful and they're all different. Yeah. And it really, you know, is neat because you can provide something for for everyone, every skill set, every age, every you know, everything. It's like we can get our ninety three year old guy for maybe one of his last fishing trips of his life and show him a trip of a lifetime to, you know, a six year old you know child and everywhere in between. Um, so it's a really unique in, in that fact that you've got was everything. It, was it you guys telling me about that that brookie? Like it was, it was a guy kind of like on his last trip and, and you guys kind of hiked up and, and yep. got like this large, you know, rookie right there. That yeah. You guys knew he was in that in that pocket. but Yeah. And then the next year, you know, his wife's like, well, you can't, you know, he can't wait anymore. So that was literally his last wade trip. You know, yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. he can be in a boat from there on out, maybe. <laughs> so it's really neat being able to provide that for everyone. You yeah. know, someone like y'all who have a lot of experience fishing to someone who's never done it before. Yeah. What are your most memorable trips or like funny stories that you have you know i mean a lot of the memorable trips it's like those days like you talked about like we talked about on the san juan those ones that are just these once in a lifetime days that you, you can't do anything wrong 
You know, another crazy day we had is when me, you, and Will hiked. I won't say where it was. Yeah, on the Chama down in that canyon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was phenomenal. I mean, that was funny with Will, too, because I know he, you know, had tried catching carp out here for so long, wanted yeah. a big brown. You know, we hooked this huge fish. It's like, oh, man, I think this it's a brown. a brown. That's the one. And we see the forked tail like, oh. oh the, it's a carp. It's like the letdown. But he's like, wait, that was my first carp on a fly. Yeah. Oh, like, man. I didn't the, know that story. And then the funny thing about that was that Fowler was all mad because he was super into carp fishing. He's like, oh, I wanted to catch a New Mexico <laughs> carp. Right. Yeah. And that was Will's, you know, it was like the bycatch. So, you know, there's always that bycatch. You're excited, but it's kind of the letdown from whatever the, you know, the target species, yeah. you know, was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit like, oh, okay. But it's still kind of exciting. It's like when you catch a catfish on the fly. Yeah. It's like oh, not really it's planning awesome. for it, but it's so much fun. You're like, yeah. dude. It was a little part of you like, I wasn't really fishing for you, though. Right. Yeah, that day was neat, you know, hiking down. It's always great, you know, having some folks that can hike. You know, like I said, there's a little bit for everyone, but having somewhere where I can take people where I go on my day off. Yeah. And share that beauty and, you know, my love for those locations. And that was that was one of those days. I remember we hiked even further down. And I remember a few of those holes. There's that one hole where that rock was with, like, the, you know, water coming around it. And I think yeah. we must have pulled ten really nice rainbows, yeah. you know, going back and forth. I think we put Will on the other side. I was standing next to you. And then we even went further down yeah. where we caught that carp. I was worn out after that day. <laughs> we did a lot of hiking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun day, though. Yeah. You're like, wait, I have another trip right after this. How yeah. am I? <laughs> I think I had a day off in between, like with the groups leaving and then the next one coming. Right, and you still probably fished that day. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, know I you did. did. <laughs> yeah. So well, how many, how many days a year are you fishing? You know, you know, now I have two young kids, but I mean, I would always, I think, bef- between fishing and guiding, you know, some years it could be close to 200 days, you yeah. know, on the water. Yeah. Um, and now I take my young daughter out a lot, so we're scouting rivers for me, guiding, you know, going early in the season, checking out what's thawing out, what's kind of coming up for, say, spring break is a great time. A lot of Texans, Oklahomans, you know, Colorado, wherever. So that's, you know, usually at the beginning of March is where I start going and scouting out some of these places at different elevations just to kind of look at stuff. So I now have this partner that I get to take out. And it's just, it's really neat then seeing that excitement through her eyes because I have that excitement. Yeah. But then, yeah. Her saying, you know, Pa, can you, you know, can you take me fishing? I love when we get to go fishing. It just melts my heart, you know. So it's really neat um, to have that partner and, you know, still is an excuse for me to get out more days other than work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's still, you know, probably last year was probably still 175, I bet, between, you know, fishing and, and guiding. Yep. So it's, you know. You're getting out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I could do more, but, you know, then I have to kind of do, you know, the house the house duties as well. i got to make up for, you know, all those days on the water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, it's, and most of those days are compacted into, like, late spring, summer, early fall. Yeah. So you're getting, like, 175, 200 days in, like, right, a short window, window. Because winter is, like, who – I'm sure you probably do some trips, but not a lot Yeah, in the I think I've done four – this year, and usually we go to the Chama below Abiquiu Lake, which is about an hour from Santa Fe. Yep. So that doesn't freeze over, and you've just got some really great winter fishing. So I've had, you know, four or five days, I think, this year, that, and it's been great fishing. Yeah. So there, there is some. And I'll take my daughter and go kind of explore a little bit, you know, walk the dog or, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever the excuse is, really, to get outside. So the outpost mm-hmm. sounds like a sweet deal let's go let's talk about that a little bit more so you guys have opened a fly shop basically yep 
in this outpost. Yep. And you guys are kind of using it, it sounds like, as a home base to run your guided trips out of. You guys have a full-service fly shop, so you're selling rods, reels, packs, oh, yeah. flies, all of that. Yep. Um, and then you're doing, because you're partnered with the hotel, you're doing seminars and all that. So if someone went to go stay at that hotel, then your guys are just right there. They can fish at the hotel, or they can book a trip with you exactly. and then go wherever. Exactly. And they can just, you know, walk on down. And it's open to the general public as well, which is nice. So there's a parking area. You know, and it's just a really neat venue. Um, you know, maybe not something we were, you know, expecting, but then, you know, as it kind of came came in, it was like, wow, this is a really cool transition. You know, the space is really beautiful, beautiful sunsets. You know, you've got kind of the hills behind you, and then yeah. with that stream coming down, and our deck overlooks, you know, this pond that's right there. So you've got this beautiful waterfall that basically kind of tumbles down into this pond right in front of you. And... You know, it's a great place for, you know, the guides and, and the shop employees to, you know, to hang out, spend some time, you know. So I think, in, you know, it's, it's still been open, you know, a little less than a year. So I think there's a lot of neat things that we will be doing, you know, different fly. I know we want to have fly tying nights and fly yeah. tying classes and, you know, also offer some free classes to the community. Try to get the youth and women and, uh, you know, other folks into this sport. Yeah. And offer this this free thing and then also be like, hey, well, if y'all want, then we have, you know, guided trips and hey, get a, a gift certificate for your significant other, you know, for a guided trip. Yeah. You know, and we've also just started an e-commerce uh, website as well that's kind of attached to that fly fishing outpost. Okay. So we now so have the e-com site. Me and Texas, I could go online and order something from exactly. you guys. You know, you give us a call and say, hey, well, what flies? You know, I'm coming out to northern New Mexico. You know, can I get, you know, that northern New Mexico variety? You know, what tip are y'all fishing? And, yeah. you know, and you can get it kind of right on the website. And we'll be, you know, continuing to add more product as, you know, as that kind of grows. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's just been a neat transition from being a guide, just solely guide for the last, I think, eight years with land of enchantment guides to now then have this are you working in the shop too yeah i'm I'm, i think i'm one of the only other ones other than cody (laughs) the manager and noah the owner who has a key to the shop so i'm definitely trained we have we sell new mexico fishing licenses there as well so we nice we're kind of trained it's all online but you still have to get trained through the department of game and fish oh to sell licenses yeah exactly and then also deer tag so there's carcass tag so then you you know there's other things mixed in when you're a a vendor is that a profitable thing like does that or does that just get people in the door it just kind of gets people in the door and it just provides that service for your clients in the community yeah because before it used to be kind of a paper deal so you know new mexico was one of the last states i think out west that always had that paper license yeah so now you know some people can't navigate the internet as well and so it's neat for them to come in, get them in, get their annual fishing license or yeah. a day license if they're just fishing for the day, and then just kind of, you know, answer any questions and kind of help, you know, help folks out. So it's not really a profit thing, but it's just a, a service that we provide for the community, essentially. Yeah, I was talking to a, a gun store owner that I know, and I was asking them about it because I was curious about maybe getting the license, selling the licenses in Orvis because people will come in and ask all the time. They're mm-hmm. like, man, it's almost not even worth it. Because yep. they, you, the way that it is here, they had to lease the machines from the state uh, and they only made like 50 cents a license or something like that. Right. So they never even broke no. even on the cost to lease the machine. It was basically like, we'll get you in the door because we sell licenses. Right. 
So And that's kind of, I think, what it is, at least with most fly shops nowadays. I don't yeah. think it's really a money-making thing. Yeah. But it's well, I don't imagine that it would be. But th- some guys in Texas that I talked to is like, it's a money-losing thing. <laughs> because right. they, don't make their, they don't even make their money back on the cost to lease the equipment. See, and luckily we don't have the machine. You know, we just... You know, you just print them off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just attached to our printer, and then we kind of do it that way. And it's a really, you know, great way just to get, like you said, just get folks in, you know, into the shop, help them, you know, navigate that system. Yeah, of getting it's the always license. like you never know what you need because some states have like, oh, you need a conservation tag, and then you have to have this tag. Oh, you're fishing here. Well, you have to have a five dollar tag to just fish this river. Right. Exactly. And so y'all are on BLM land or national forest yeah. or wherever you have to yeah. be. Oh. Also, though, both New Mexico and Colorado, now they use, let you do online tags. Yep. And then they, they have a, a 1-800 number, you know, so it's convenient for some people. But <laughs> even then, you know, you might be on hold. Last time I think I got a Colorado license, I had to stop in somewhere. You know, I lost service. I was like, dang, I've been on hold for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. Wait, so you can call them up and buy it over the phone? You can, yeah. And sometimes really? that's a little bit easier, but it's nice to go in person to that fly shop, yeah. you know, and you yeah. just get that information you want. Even yep. if you're not booking a guide trip, you know, it's it's well worth coming in and saying, hey, well, I was thinking about fishing the Pecos River. You know, what do you all think? Like, well, yeah, it's, it's fishing great right now. You know, get a few dry flies, get these nymphs yeah. um, as well. We've got the fishing license and, you know, come back and give us a report, you know, on your way out of town, you know, kind of type of deal. Yeah. Much less if you're a local that just wants to come, you know, hang out in the shop. Yeah. That's <laughs> half of it. It's just hanging out, you know, especially if you're a local. Yep. How does Santa Fe feel that the treasure's been found? <laughs> right. We were talking about that on the last trip, but since then it's been discovered. I know. Unfortunately, right? Do you I guys, was always hoping to find it. I know. Well, a couple people died. We've talked about it on the podcast right. before. A couple people died. And that was for what it. was always weird is just those diehard people that would put themselves in that situation. Yeah. But Noah and I, the owner of Land Enchantment Guides, would always have that debate. You know, I remember. What was that guy's name again? Who Forrest Finn. Forrest Finn, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, funny story about Forrest Finn. So that was uh, when I was working at a different fly shop, and, you know, there was that talk about it. You know, it's like Forrest Finn's treasure, you know, and he hid this thing. It was like, I don't know what it was like. What they say, like a million dollars? A million worth dollars of, worth of treasure. Like tre- different treasures. And coins and, yeah. Yeah, artifacts, different things. And I think part of the deal was, like, he would buy it back from you for a million dollars if you found it. But uh, part of the fun was, like, finding the treasure. Right. I think it was, like, when it first started, it was kind of like that vague poem that he had written. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it was incorporated to a book, I believe. And then he kept, no one could find it, so I think he was releasing hints here and there. Like, yeah. oh, well, I'm an old guy. I'm not hiking miles. Like, it's... A couple hundred yards from a road. Like, you guys don't need to be hiking into the back country to find this treasure. Exactly. You don't yeah, he's need like, to be I'm like 70 years old. down a yeah. cliff, repelling down. Like, people some. need to stop dying, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. But there was, you know, right when that had come out, there was a few really amazing young, you know, young anglers that would come into the fly shop. And one of them, I got actually got a call from Forrest Finn on the phone. And I was like, what's this number answered? I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And he wanted he wanted fish stocked in a pond on his property. Yep. And so I had kind of like talked to these kids. I was like, hey, you know, this might be a way for you guys to kind of make a little bit of money if you can figure it out. You know, I was like, or maybe you, you know, stock his pond, help him, you know, come up with ideas, you know, to stock the pond. And then you just say, hey, I don't want the money, but, you know, give me a hint on, uh, you know, where this treasure yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like these 
you know, 13, 14-year-old kids that didn't have anything else going on in the summer. Well, I think, too, didn't the guy who found the treasure, he wanted to remain anonymous? Yeah. And so where we did don't they even find know. it? I don't even know. I was going to ask you that. I think, was it Wyoming? I don't know where it was. I don't think it turned out to actually even be in New Mexico. Maybe not. It was kind of this odd thing. I think Forrest Finn had passed away, so I don't think <coughs> he was probably even able to sell it back to him for the yeah. million dollars. Well, I'm sure they put it up for I mean, with all the hype around the treasure, I'm sure you could auction it and it would bring a lot of money just with the hype around this being the treasure that right. Forrest Finn, right. you know, I'm sure it still held its value, if not more. Definitely. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah. We, I mean, we would get people calling the shop. Can we take oh. a guided trip and uh, search for some treasure? Exactly. While we're out? Well, yeah. let me get my map out. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you. We've been searching exactly. for this thing for years. My wife and I have dreams of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. It's like winning the lottery. So how old are your kiddos? Three and one. So okay. Josephine's three and baby Casper, the boy, is is one years old. Just started nice. walking and, you know, getting himself into a little trouble around the house. Yep. <laughs> So taking the three-year-old out, is she, like, getting into the fishing thing? Or is she, like, taking notice? Or? Yeah, definitely. She loves it. You know, I mean, I started taking her out when she was really young. And, you know, I used to kind of put the fish to her cheek. Now she just kisses it, you know, right on the lips and says, all right, Paul, you know, we're going to put this one back. And, you know, she's like, see you later, brown trout. And no, that's she awesome. can identify the fish. She's like, all right, that's a rainbow trout. That's a, that's a brown trout. And re recently this summer I took her out, and she says, well, Paul, you know, we've never caught a a really big fish together. I, I'd like to catch a big fish. And, uh, you know, we had these fires in, in northern New Mexico last year, and I was able to, you know, the Pecos River just reopened, and I think it was right on Labor Day weekend. And I had a random Sunday off, and I was like, told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to take Josie out and go check out the river just reopened. I have to go explore and see, you know, see what's what's still in there after, after this year because it had been closed for months. Yeah. So I went to one of my favorite places, you know, had Josie there, had caught a few small browns. Was like, all oh, right, this is awesome. You know, the fishing is phenomenal. Now, right does she now. stand with you and fish, or does she kind of sit and watch? She or? does both. This one was the one where she actually just it kind of came together. She sat there patiently. She watched. She asked, she asked questions. We bring her little kind of princess rod, so we'll practice some casting with her rod. Oh, nice. oh like the Barbie rod. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'll get her hand on the fly rod, and we'll we'll hook it. But I was throwing this dry dropper rig. And this huge, absolutely huge rainbow trout came up and just hammered the dry fly. And I'm freaking out. I mean, this is one of the biggest fish I've ever hooked into on, on the Pecos River, much less in this kind of neat public area. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Josie. I'm looking at her. I'm like, honey, I'm going to have to run downstream to land this fish. You know, please sit down, stay yeah. here. And I'm fighting this thing. And sure enough, I have to run downstream. I must have run down, you know, kind of 75 yards. Yeah. And I kept it in the water. Once I got it into the net, kept it in the water and brought it up to her. I mean, it was about like a 29-inch rainbow that hit oh a dry fly. Oh, my god! And she backed away from it. She says, no way, Dad. You know, like I said, she usually kisses every fish. And yeah. she's like, uh-uh, Dad. Yeah. Because I was, like, trying to get it in her hand. I was like, honey, like, hold this. I'd like to get a picture with you, you know. And she's like, no way. Oh, my gosh. She, Does she have, like, cute little kid waiters? Uh, we actually made her some waiters. So we... Got some of my old ones in Sodom and uh -huh. made her own little waiters, almost like tailored, you know, waiters no to her way, measurement. That is, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so she plays the part. She has the net, and she'll be like, 
you're locked up, Dad. That's what we say sometimes when you hook a fish. You're yeah. locked up. You're She's locked like, Paul, up. you're locked up. <laughs> Let me get the net for you. Yeah, that's hilarious. But afterwards, she says, uh, I don't want any more big fish, Dad. Let's go catch Let's go catch some more small browns. She didn't like it, uh-uh, no. She did. But now, months later, she tells the story. Remember, Dad? Remember when we caught that big fish on the Pecos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's It's got to be exciting to relive that excitement through your kids it's that's the best thing about it and it could just be going for a dog walk it doesn't need to be fishing it doesn't need to be something you know it could just be the excitement of you know seeing a road runner run in front of you on a dog walk yeah, you know? yeah. And she's just like those eyes you know brighten up it's a yeah it's definitely you know a special thing you know that's being cool. to relive you know we actually just went to uh baja for the first time christmas break with the kids and i, I was fortunate enough to fish for a few hours and catch some rooster fish off yeah. the beach and Josie got to see the rooster, and she kept saying, you know, Paul, well, when are you going to catch a tarpon? And I'm like, oh, well, that's another trip. But let's, you know, now that you mention it, you know, let's, yeah. let's maybe try to check that off the yeah. list too, yeah. sweetie. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, heck, man, rooster fishes. <laughs> that's on the list, man, for sure. Right. Zach, when are we doing a trip to Baja? Dude, I don't know. We can do it. Oh, let me know. I mean, because I can give you the lay down of at least, you know, where to go, yeah. how to start, you Did know. Did you guys drive or fly? No, we flew. So we flew down to Cabo, rented a car, and then drove north to Toto los Santos, across the peninsula over to La Paz, and then down to the East Cape, kind of Los, Rebelli- uh, los Rebelli's uh, <coughs> La Ribera area. Mm. Is it very expensive to do that? Not necessarily. You know, there's there there was we stayed at some really great places that weren't too expensive, that, you know, were kind of great for the family. But then fishing was close by. Yeah. So, you know, you have the beach. You can walk down in the morning, you know, make yourself some coffee, walk down, make some casts on the beach, and still enjoy, you know, the other aspects that Baja has, whether it's, you know, some neat hikes or the culture or the yeah. food. Um, or then, of course, you can go for the hardcore. Like, we're fishing six days in a row, you yeah. know, 12 hours a day, and we're going to catch this rooster fish that <laughs> we really want to catch. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And you caught. You said we talked yesterday. You said you caught some smaller ones. Yeah, some baby ones. So in the winter is really the time frame when I have to travel with my family. It doesn't overlap with either one of our work. Uh, you know, both of us don't like to take time off from work. So Christmas break uh, is not necessarily the best time for roosters, but they're in there. And there were some, you know, baby roosters that we got into. And I think, you know, I landed kind of eight to ten, you know, small roosters in this kind of three-hour window. And it was phenomenal. That's awesome. And the bigger ones, I'm, they must go, May, I think they're further offshore that time of year. But then as that water comes up to 75, 80 degrees, the, the, the bait fish move back in. Yeah. You know, the sardines and, and, the, and the mullet are in there. And then you can really kind of start to target those grandes, whether from a panga or, you know, or from the, from beach, the beach, which yeah. is neat. That's awesome. Yeah, know all you were, those, did you see, like, the fins, like, light up? Some, and, yeah. They kind of surf those waves. So once your kind of eyes get used to what you're looking at. You can kind of pick them out. Yeah, you see that fish surfing the wave. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's, like, similar. I know you were talking about that permit yesterday, you know, that neat story of you catching a permit. And that's just, you know, catching a rooster from, from the beach is kind of similar to that permit. You know, it might not happen. Yeah. It might not happen the second time you go down. Yeah. But you just kind of persevere through through those challenging times as an angler, and you're you know rewarded with this really yeah. special special fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, Jesse, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course, it's a pleasure. You know, it's great to see you guys, and you know, look forward to you know we need to, to come, see you we, guys. Me and soon. Zach need to come up and fish. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Dude, I'm planning on taking the camper out this next summer. I was gonna say, oh, y'all yeah. got the trailers yeah. now. Yeah, like, it makes it easy. Yeah, you got yeah. an excuse. Like, all right, we're going. Let's go catch some pike. 
Yeah, do some pike. Ooh. You got to take the trailer back up to the Arkansas River where you used to do some of your, you know, know. rafting and kind of, yeah. you know, mountain experiences a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we need to. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah for sure. Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog. Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again <laughs> next week.